Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Trevor Harrison, Mark Brooks, Stuart Imanen, David LaFuente, and Takeshi Miyazawa's Ultimate Spider-Man. Takeshi! Takeshi! Uh, I am, of course, joined by the only two men who I would trust to rescue me if I was ever kidnapped and replaced by an evil doppelganger. First off, he's the hottest ticket in town. It's Jacob Brown. As then only you would know, true believers. And he's got ice in his veins. It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. I'm as cold as ice. Willing to sacrifice Peter. Aren't we all? Ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. We're talking Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 2, entitled Chameleons. This Hell is yeah. issues 7 through 14. And let's just get right into it. I didn't like this volume at all. That's really? Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. That is I hilarious. liked the first two issues, and it got worse from there <laughs> so we're gonna have yeah. some stuff to talk about All we were right. doing our uh, off mic like preamble of like oh yeah blah 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 this this setting up the plan and they malcolm and jacob were like yeah man i'm fucking loving this book like this volume was this volume slaps and i was psyched i noticed how quiet you were yeah, yeah god damn yeah. thing yeah. because <laughs> we save it for the content we save it for the content Damn, I can't believe it. All right, we're going to have words. We're, we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking a lot. Um, this is the continuation of the Ultimate Comics rebrand for the Ultimate Spider-Man book. And we are further along in Peter Parker's story than we thought we were because there's some things coming up and coming up quick. But this volume I thought was really interesting. It's, of course, broken down into basically two stories. We have a two-parter with art by Takeshi Miyazawa, as we mentioned before, which sets up apparently some big stuff coming. And then uh, we've got the other five issues eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen uh, yeah. no, nine ten eleven twelve thirteen forty six issues yeah uh because this was eight issues long and i didn't realize but it kind of makes sense placement wise uh yeah. we've got two stories to cover we've talked about how i feel about this gentlemen how would you feel about this as being part two of peter parker's story in this new post ultimatum world you know this um this is really good. I, I really, I was wondering when we were going to come to like uh, this kind of villain. And uh, um, I, 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 it came out better than I thought it was going to be for me, at least. Um, I, I, I cried. I cried in the middle of this book for like a good while because I was really upset. <laughs> I was really upset for a good hot second there. And I was like, oh, oh, we're just, no, I, I was in denial. I, I, I was in deep denial for a little bit, um, but um, yeah, I thought this was actually a good, very good uh, step up from what happened in the last-ish, uh, uh, what did you call it, uh, volume, pretty much. That's me. Malcolm? Yeah, I, I really like this volume a lot. Um, I appreciate that this volume makes it feel very much like, uh, like a continuation of the original Ultimate Spider-Man series. Like, this one feels even more so than the last volume. This feels more like, oh, 
this is just volume, you know, 27 or whatever, you know, uh, <laughs> continuing on. Um, it does, and we'll get to it, but it does have a little bit of what I like to call, uh, what I like to call X-Men First Class Syndrome, where mm. in X-Men First Class, uh, there, <laughs> okay. is, there is two, two jokes about Professor Xavier losing his hair. And you can have one or you can have the other, but to have both makes both not work. Which one's better for you in first class? I think it's better towards the end. Like they do the joke like in the middle and then they do it at the end. And I think it's better at the end. Interesting. Like I think just narratively like that, that's a better idea to have that little tag at the end of right. him about to lose his hair. Um, so it, and I, I almost, I almost think the same thing here. I think that this is better than when we did that story before, mm-hmm. um, chameleon-wise. And we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, I think, and I, I wonder if maybe that's a little bit of your disconnect there, Eric. If that's, if that's what it, is. it might be. It might be. <laughs> I uh, totally like, acknowledge it. Like, like, like you said, this, uh, th- this definitely feels like it harkens back to the pre-ultimatum days. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is the case for the first story for the two-parter, but for the five, no, you know, the, uh, the remaining issues in this volume, it, you know, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Let's dive <laughs> into this. Starting off with, uh, our two-part story crossroad, uh, issue number seven crossroad chapter one. Let's do this. We're diving in and kicking off with a brand new protagonist. It's our boy Rick Jones. Rick Jones. Rick Jones, bitch. Okay. Yeah. He's on the scene. So this is not what happened after. Ex- not exactly a new protagonist, though. Where have so, you seen Rick Jones before? So yeah. you guys haven't. But okay. this se- this opening sequence takes place at the end of another book called Ultimate Origin. Ultimate okay. Origin. Ultimate Origin takes place the uh, the the main framing story takes place before ultimatum uh and johnny actually brings this up later on about the watchers uh Ah. so that is where that story takes place where the fantastic four are called to project pegasus uh because the watcher which is this totem with a red eye just started showing up across the world it started showing up around places because so, ultimate comics do not want you to have cosmic characters unless they are inanimate objects yes or machines of some kind <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> um and while awesome. that's happening uh the reader is shown the secret history of the ultimate universe Interesting. um it's five issues each issue has a different aspect of that secret history uh the first issue is about wolverine and the creation of mutants mm, mm-hmm. and oh. how mutants are not genetically born. They mutants started as another, that's right. Super soldier serum project. Because it all comes back to the super soldiers. We, we talked about this with the, uh, with the with ultimatum, ultimatum stuff, yeah. but yeah. So, that, that was the big break moment for Magneto. Yes. So that is, that is what that is where that revelation comes from. Uh, you also get a little bit of the secret history of the Hulk and mm-hmm. how Richard Parker ties to that. Uh, oh, shit. And That's some other cool. some other aspects. So the secret history of Captain America a little bit, so on and so forth. Yeah. And at the end of that, the Watcher, the, the whole time, the Watcher 
conveys this message saying that it's going to pick an avatar who will be here to to save this world. Uh, and at the end of it, the watchers just randomly say, we have chosen, and then disappear. Uh, off <laughs> choose, <laughs> choose the form of your distractor. <laughs> excellent pull. The excellent pull. And then that's when we get this scene. So that's why this is six months ago, because it takes place right before the ultimatum wave. Okay. Uh, this this happens. So Rick Jones is getting that power. He is hanging out in and the backyard when all of a sudden he explodes with cosmic energy. That's turning into a you know a six story foot marshmallow man. That's all that matters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if someone um, asks if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> we see that. Uh, it just pops in there. This new power erupts in Rick and sends him immediately into a coma. Yep. A six-month coma, as it turns out, as we then cut to today where he wakes up. Can you imagine sleeping through? <laughs> sleeping through? That sounds so rude. Uh, can you imagine being in a coma through the ultimatum wave? And then waking up and being like, wait, what the fuck happened in New York? <laughs> the world has changed. <laughs> what? Like, like seriously, imagine being in a coma and then 9-11 happens and then you just That's wake it. up a month yeah. later and you're like, what? You're like, wait a second. Sorry, what? What happened? <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, it'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I read I read some story. I don't this was years ago about someone who went into a coma in 2013 and woke up in 2017. And they're like, who is president? Jesus. Oh, like, man. it's just, oh, I can't even imagine. But yeah, Rick Jones wakes up to a very different world than the one he last saw. And we then cut to Midtown Mall, where we see perennial mall goers and now employees, Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson, heading off to their respective food court jobs. Um, I love seeing them in their uniforms. I don't know what it is about it. But just it's, seeing it really sells that they're kids. Yes. It's it, very, they also very, treat it yeah. in this comic like that's their other superhero costumes. Yes. And I kind of love that. Like yeah. it, it feels like they're showing up in costume every time. <laughs> this, this is all of the scenes in JLU of them just walking around the watchtower. Yes. In their yes. costumes. Yeah. And it's this kind is, of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is some serious uh, Stranger Things season three kind of vibes with the mall and everything. Oh, like for that. sure. That's what this does have that Starcourt vibe. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, it does. Uh, and well, uh, Peter and Mary are having this conversation, basically going over the events of last volume, where now Peter has not one, but two, but three new roommates. And uh, Mary's, I think, understandably looking at it from a critical eye, a by a third party bystander who's like, this might be unhealthy. It's possible. That this might be unhealthy for Aunt May. Yeah, and he's like, no, but we had that we had that talk last volume, and it was really helpful. And it just it seemed she gave me a great speech. And Mary's like, I'm glad. I'm sure the speech was great. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it might not still be unhealthy. <laughs> and I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. The voice of reason. She's yeah. such a great character, man. And I yeah. love that it kind of ends with her just going. Or I could totally be wrong. Who knows? And she walks away. And so... Why that? 
who knows who knows why jacob makes the song choices he does that was so funny uh we do see aunt may reacting to the return of her neighbor's son and i'm getting hardcore anna marie watson vibes from this woman mm. her, aunt may pops up and yeah. she's just like hey i brought you lasagna yeah and i really <laughs> think that your son should have some uh it was just i don't know it was nice is there something in the lasagna no why would there be something in the lasagna you're you're are you putting a z in there when there's not really a z okay have a good night (laughs) and so um we find that rick is still imbued with this power cosmic and his mom has not been handling it well so we see that uh rick also is getting these visions of as malcolm described earlier the watcher tablet and as watcher tablet. as uh <laughs> i watch they, i watch <laughs> literally cu- I we watch have it. them they're just the <laughs> apple watches now oh anyway <laughs> ultimate universe predicting the world uh, seriously we come well, back to the parker I mean, household where uh, aunt may is calling a family meeting and it is here in this scene where i realized wait a second did i skim over is this a different artist and this was this is now when we need to start talking about takeshi miyazawa are you who saying is, this is when you noticed it this is when i know for whatever reason this is when i noticed um, it's the shorts it's bobby shorts it's bobby's shorts it's Bobby drew him too short because because uh because 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 bobby's okay. a baggy boy he does long he does long baggy shorts he he does long baggy everything you remember last yeah. volume he was like looking like a rustic hobo sitting in yeah sitting <laughs> he looked in like a scarecrow kitty that... pride's basement <laughs> yeah. like um but yeah and let's let's just heap some praise on takeshi miyazawa for a second because the art is so good so good it's so clean good. if this yeah. was the personally and this is nothing against david la fuente if this had been the artist that went from bag that bridged the gap between bagley and la fuente i think it would have been easier for me because there's definite dna from both of those there's both in there Mm -hmm. in there which i really love and still you get some anime influence which i always love in my comics yeah but yeah i just i love and i also i love how uh miyazawa draws Peter's floppy hair, like a true anime pro I thought tag. That you were going to say that this is where you realize how much of a hair problem Peter has. Peter doesn't have a hair problem. That's why you don't like this volume. Hey, we're going. We're that? going to God talk about it. We're going to talk about it. You into it? God damn it! I knew it. We're going to talk about it. You idiot! We're God going God. to talk about it. But for now, God damn it! I love also how Bobby is just walking around, no like no respect for secret identities just wearing the x crest on his shirt fucking x on his shirt he's just like no i'm just bobby parker what this i'm not an x man (laughs) everyone wears like an x like when is the last time you like walked down with like uh like uh, a hammer symbol on a t-shirt in new york i mean it's like wearing an (laughs) i heart new york t-shirt everybody everybody loves the x-men especially now in the ultimate universe why not who cares i'm just just a fan I just love that Johnny Storm is kind of uh, soft cosplaying the Black and Space Ranger with his fucking like little symbols on his chest, and, al- <laughs> and also uh, 
Teen Titans one year later relaunch Superboy. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, yeah. Is, he is morphed completely into Connell. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm honestly, not mad about awesome. it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's actually kind of great. So they're having a family meeting about basically Aunt May is like, look, guys, no powers. Like, we need to deal with this because there is like shit going on. However, there is a scared boy across the way who might be dealing with superpowers. So I need the three of you to suit up and go over there and help this boy. And so we cut to the next scene with Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Okay, let's talk about these looks because these looks are very specific. Mm -hmm. Bobby looks awesome with the fucking like noodle twists everywhere. (laughs) He looks like he's he's very Age of Apocalypse Bobby. It is. Uh, it looks like he has dreads. That's kind of what the kind of like. Yeah, it looks like he's got little dreads. It's just yeah. kind of wild. Really Which cool. you know, I get. They buzzed his hair. He's embracing his slim shady. Like he's, <laughs> yes. he's like, I'm all about appropriation yeah. now. Yeah. He's wearing do rags, so yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true. Bobby uh, Drake in the 1610 is problematic. Cancel yeah, he's Bobby Drake. Nigga. Like it's a problem. Um, he is but but Johnny Storm's new costume is fucking Love awesome. Bobby that Storm is what should, that character Bobby should be Storm. wearing all the time. He should Johnny Storm should always have short sleeves. Holy Here. shit! Short sleeves and a popped collar. The collar, fucking, yes. That's I was say cool. Collar. That's Again, so Connell, a hundred percent. He so looks classic. so awesome. <laughs> like literally, you could throw, you could make his pants red and replace the four symbol with the s symbol and it's 90s connell yes but even better but Uh, better because it's short sleeve we do know that he loves a jacket it's true he does love that jacket and we do know that aunt may is probably taking inspiration from him because she was in her position as editor-in-chief of dc comics she's like uh (laughs) let's dye your hair black do you have any kind of like tectonic ability (laughs) how do you feel about an earring (laughs) specifically just have we been to hawaii (laughs) what if we named you do you like circle glasses Could we? How would we change your name to possibly the, the Metropolitan Kid? The Metropolitan. I mean, no, no, that's no. wait. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta get to the office. Uh. And he rushes out the door. <laughs> uh, so they they fly down because Rick is you know practicing his powers in the backyard, and just like what would normally happen, Rick sees three superheroes flying at him, and he's like, oh, I gotta get the fuck out of here, which ensues the greatest Ferris Bueller escape that I have ever seen, (laughs) running through the (laughs) suburbs of New York. (laughs) Though, this poses a very big problem for me, because immediately, the vibe that I get from this is... Uh, the commuter cometh, which is a seminal Spider-Man story where Spider-Man is stuck in the suburbs and has nothing to swing on. Yeah. At a certain point, we see Rick Jones air walking as Johnny Storm is flying high above him, and all of a sudden, Spidey swings in to catch him. What yeah. is his web connected to? <laughs> Johnny? No, yeah, it's yeah, not. It like clearly it. goes past him it's in the so panel. In the Bobby. <laughs> no, we don't know that for sure. We don't know. We don't know. Not know that for sure. 
I, I see you're, tr I think you're, it... you're trying to be argumentative because you know we're going to argue later and you're trying to warm up for it. <laughs> I respect it. Don't start spouting bullshit. I'm getting the battles, <laughs> guys. No, you're guys. absolutely right. It stood out like a sore thumb. They're I was like, I mean, that's the whole point of like that really, really insanely great bit in Spider Man Homecoming. Yes. Where he has to like run in the backyard. Yeah. Doing the Ferris Bueller escape. Yeah. It's so amazing. Like, he, he I was like, what up. in the Spider Man PS1 is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Yeah. Uh, he clearly caught the side of the, the box of the of the comic there, you know, the edge of the, the, oh, edge of the thing. Oh, you're That's right. Like, oh, inventive. Caught. I see. Yeah. You're right. He cut the, the oh, little slim on the side oh, there. That's clever. Yeah. yeah, that's all I did. But unfortunately, as Spidey catches Rick Jones and discovers the capabilities of the fourth wall, he's immediately zapped thanks to Rick Jones' power. And the two of them wind up in Detroit. <laughs> because Hello. apparently Rick's power is teleportation. Yeah. And so yeah. they burst through this Detroit restaurant establishment looking like Detroit's Nico's Taco Shop. And it's a very regional reference. <laughs> it's, a very regional. it's a very specific <laughs> reference to Tucson, really Arizona. Funny. Wow. Um, that we, that, I didn't even get that. I, I didn't even get that reference. Look at the walls. I, Tell yeah. me. That yeah, it's pretty Nico's Taco Shop on Broadway right before you hit I, Park Place Mall. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. So I've totally yeah. been to a Nico's. Yeah. <laughs> and you call yourself a Tucsonian. Anyway, I've been to Ichi's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. He's forgiven. Fine. All right. All right. Uh, please. If there's anything holy, Ichi's will somehow open up a location within four hours of me. I need it. Listen, they keep it. expanding all across Arizona. I wouldn't doubt it if we hit California in like the next two years. At some point. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I wouldn't doubt it. Fingers crossed. You know how often I get a craving for EGs? <laughs> yeah, probably about as often as I get a craving for EGs. <laughs> Which is like at least once every other day. Once at least once every other day. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, so uh, they crash through. The owner is about to unmask Spider-Man. Like, I like this Whoa. owner who's just like, hey, oh, oh, my restaurant. <laughs> you son of a, by, by accident, this is my life. Like, <laughs> what is this putz? Like, <laughs> um, uh, immediately, like, this struggle ensues. Rick Jones says he wants to go home. He clicks his heels twice, and he and <laughs> Spider-Man zap right back to where they were. And they are finally able to uh, not subdue him, but calm him down. And this is the moment where I absolutely fell in love with this Johnny Storm costume. Because when he is lit up with the flame and the pop collar. Dude, it's so yeah. cool. It's Look, so looking good. like Robbie Raymond Firestorm over here. Yeah, like, baby. So cool. So it's great. Also, and so, Will, since you're making these points, uh, I I really have to point out. I up until this point thought um, I this was the character from uh, the Hulk that Bruce Banner saves from the gamma radiation. So I was like, why is uh, this character? Where are we focusing on this guy? Is he gonna? 
is he going to turn into the Hulk or something like that? And then Nick Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and the most important. Uh, A-bomb. Yeah, exactly. Stop. Powers, and then I was just Fuck thinking. A-bomb. Oh my God. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking that I, I up until this point I thought he was going to become our molten man. That's what I was thinking. We already have a molten man, and he sucks. Yes. Yeah, yes. and they play awesomely. I, I, I thought we were going to get a whoa! Third holy shit, man! I. I hate to uh, take away from Ultimate Comics Spider-Man for a second, but breaking news, uh, Queen Elizabeth just died. <gasps> it's yeah, official? It's official? Just died. Holy, holy shit. Um, oh, my God. Oh, fuck. That means they're going to kill the dogs. That, hey, <laughs> they don't come oh. anywhere near those dogs. Shit, no, that's I what they, she said that she doesn't want those dogs to outlive her. They're going to fucking kill those dogs. Don't. Don't. We gotta go. I'm not don't. kidding. I fucking Do swear not. Holy my, shit, I can't believe you that. Real quick, my boyfriend, my boyfriend just came in to tell me about this news. And I was like, I muted the mic and went like, I know, I know. We just we just talked about it right now. <laughs> but yeah, holy uh, shit. Damn, I gotta watch the crown now. Damn. Uh, first first few seasons, actually great. No, yeah, I've only seen the first season. So Matt this, Smith is a absolute powerhouse and show. it is because of that that i showed my boyfriend like doctor who and and he was did you get like, him all right yes he was yes like, i'm hell we yeah got this now. we got yeah. it hell yeah i've never seen matt smith be not this be this kooky and and like funny and i'm like yeah yes! matt smith is fucking right. rocks on that show <laughs> yeah <laughs> nowhere else he rocks morbius <laughs> just playing bringing it right <laughs> back to marvel <laughs> comics um yeah, holy shit. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II, age 96, long life. Now uh, that she's dead, Meghan Markle is free, baby. <laughs> Harry is free, baby. Oh, this is bad. They're just going to ruin everything, aren't they? They're free, baby. Whoa. We cut to six and a half months ago, Project Pegasus. Um, and apparently is, the entire... That scene. The entire uh, Fantastic Four is rocking the pop collars. Which Hell, they yeah. always have. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. This is this is what the MCU costumes need to look like. Period. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. go with the over-designed bullshit that we saw in Multiverse of Madness. I need no fuck suits. That. It needs to just be simple. Yeah. 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 Just just uh, flight suits. They should I, be like flight suits. Yeah. <laughs> with pop I, colors. I love it when the thing wears a shirt. It's always my favorite thing because it's just how the hell do they put them in that thing? Like, how, <laughs> how I know. The stretchiest shirt. I know. It's fucking cool. It's so cool to me. It's I love cool it. every time. <laughs> every um, time. We should mention that we are recording this on Disney Plus Day, which is yes. right before we? D23. Yes. Yeah, so yes. today's Disney Plus Day. Um, and then D23 is this weekend where there's supposed to be Marvel things for both. Uh, so mm. we are very close to what I am hoping is the announcement of John Boyega as Human Torch, because and, that would be uh, Jackson. Cool. I can't remember his name. It's Cheaty from the w- office. William Jackson Harper. William Jackson Harper as Reed Richards. As that would be the greatest. Honestly, wow. I'd be pretty, pretty into uh, John Boyega being Reed Richards. Also, I think that'd be really fucking cool. I don't. Ooh. I think he has too much swagger for Reed. That's I could the, absolutely that's see him as John. That Storm. makes him dangerous, Reed. We already have Reed a dangerous with, Reed. Reed with swagger. Miles Turner is a yeah. psychopath. 
I don't need to see another Miles Turner. Leave Miles alone. He's a good guy. Just because he has a mustache now and has fooled all of you simps into enjoying his abs doesn't make him any less of the maker. Okay? He's a psychopath. I've, I've and always that should I've not always be forgotten. I've always been down with Miles Teller as Reed Richards. I thought he was fucking great in that movie. <laughs> that might be the best performance in that movie. Other Wait. than Michael B. Jordan. Wait. Sorry. Yes. Say that again. <laughs> it's clobbering time. Wop. Okay, one of these days. If God forbid we ever do like a Fantastic Four on the book club, whichever uh, run, we would need have to, to do a episode. commentary track watching this film. The three oh, of us yeah. together. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I haven't watched it in a couple of years. A watch party would be really fun. I'm I down with watched that. it exactly <laughs> one time. It was oh, really? in the theater with Jacob. Agreed. That's the oh, last time I've ever seen it too. we got blasted yeah, I was just on alcohol and... And uh, way and too many people who were uh, also in that theater. There was, there was, there like was a couple and like three people. And I was like, <laughs> there's way too many people in this theater. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so we'll, we're going to do it at some point, listeners. Uh, let us know if you want us to do that commentary track. And also let us know if you are wanting us to do a uh, Fantastic Four run, which run we should do. Uh, so... <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, are you okay? Pickman's run. <laughs> oh man. Do you, need oh, a, do you need a lozenge? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I need some Steve Epting in my life. You need, <laughs> you need to quit smoking. <laughs> Ten packs a day. Yeah. And so Otherwise, it's we... in time. <laughs> Wop hits him from the side of the head. It's um... so funny. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> uh so we get like malcolm said that recap of like okay the watcher chose uh rick jones and then we get this beautiful page that just textless like this is your pitch for an a spider-man and his amazing friends yes like, look how I, lanky spider-man is i love how gangly he is he's, he's so, so insanely long i love that. <laughs> <laughs> This is exactly uh, what they made Andrew Garfield look like in the first Amazing Spider-Man, and it's a yeah. good choice. Except he looks so long. Except that- Andrew Garfield's torso is like twice the length of this. They gave him the That's long true. leg, short torso. They gave him my problem. I have long legs and a short torso. Yeah. That's my just my body makeup. You could be Ultimate Spider-Man. That's I amazing. Felt seen. I don't have the floppy hair that he does. So That's also not a problem. Uh so part two of <laughs> Crossroad issue eight. With uh, an amazing cover. Great cover. Great cover, yeah. It's this is genuinely shit that's like, oh man, they're going into space. Or like yeah. they are traveling the cosmic spectrum. Yeah. Here. Uh I fully think that this cover is a big inspiration on Into the Spider-Verse. Ooh, I could definitely Ooh. see that. Yeah, because okay. there's there's the motion blurring, but there's a a couple scenes in that movie of people like teleporting like through time and space, like with the yeah. long tail, like that. That's like, a good yeah. point. I didn't even think of that. It's real into the Spider Verse. So uh, this starts off with Rick basically telling them everything that's going on. He doesn't want to be a hero, which I think is really interesting. He just wants to live his normal life. He's like, this is bullshit. I hate this, and he's like. 
you you need to like you need to take me to wherever this watcher thing is and johnny's like sorry my dude like we can't really take you there and then rick's like yeah okay so we're going and they show up they pop on over to project pegasus but the door has been knocked down in this mountainside facility and when they go in they find themselves greeted by the serpent squad (laughs) um yeah this sure is the serpent squad uh canonically the last time they showed up in an ultimate comic it was drawn by greg land which is why they all have those costumes. Let's go ahead and take a minute to appreciate that, I guess. <laughs> I will never appreciate Greg Land. That is exactly. never appreciate Greg Land. What about 90s Greg Land? Never. Wow. Never. Never. Wow. Never. Wow. Greg Land can go fall off a bridge while he traces it for all I care. Whoa! Go <laughs> pick up All Out Avengers number one on sale now! <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it don't get it don't feed into the monster <laughs> don't give in to the soul gem That's you are loved, you are earned you you are valid you, you do not, not need avengers. all out avengers yeah no don't don't it's not good so yeah uh that should inform <laughs> you on what these characters look like it's an all-female serpent squad in ridiculously skimpy outfits um it's a dumb idea drawn Originally by a dumb person. So but I'll tell you what, if you were 16, whoa, what is all this? Like, if yeah. you're a 16-year-old superhero and this is where you end up, this is the craziest day of your life. Yeah, Bobby has like immediately switched tactics from trying to subdue them to trying to sub for them. And <laughs> as they uh, continue this fight, thank you, I'm here all week. Honestly, uh, five comedy week. points. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to take those. Those are I my got, only five I points. Got four, I got four D4 psychic damage from that. That was really good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, they're able to uh, subdue the Serpent Squad. The guards show up, which, where have they been? Where have they huh. been this whole time? <laughs> Uh, hiding obviously it together in the bathroom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, All right, so we're trapped back here. Let's get the circle jerk going, please. Like, well, uh, did I see those ladies? <laughs> and so the uh, the project leader's like, Hey, I know you guys came here. Thanks for saving us. We don't have anything for you. So Rick's like, Yeah, okay. So they all go back. To- Wait a second. What's the project leader's name? Vaughn. His name is Wendell Vaughn. Does that name sound familiar to you guys? No. No. Wendell Vaughn is the in the 616, the great Marvel hero known as Quasar. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. It. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. It's one of my favorite ultimate Easter eggs. Every time Wendell Vaughn shows up, because he gets like cucked super hard. <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time. Quasar sucks. <laughs> I was gonna say that there is something that is constant throughout all the multiverse and that Wendell Vaughn Wendell Vaughn sucks dude like (laughs) so they go back to Rick I need to write that down for my Howard the Duck movie gotta put that (laughs) in there anyway the greatest hero oh my god the greatest hero is Quasar there's your buddy cop yes Quasar teams up with Howard the Duck to find out why he sucks throughout the multiverse yes (laughs) The ultimate mystery. It's the ultimate perfect crime. It's the yeah. perfect crime. 
So they pop back into Rick Jones's backyard and they're trying to come up with superhero names for him. They call him the Leaper, the Human Leaper, the Sentry. Oops. Whoops. The Transporter. <laughs> Nope, Captain that's Marvel. Uh, that's just like later. And then Marvel Man, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. Considering new stuff going on right now. Yeah. Um, Rick Jones decides he's going to go off into space, learn stuff. And as he, he, he gives his mom the, I must go. My people need me. As he rises into the air and decides on a new name, Nova. Good name. Good name. Good name. If there isn't going to be an ultimate Nova, this would be it. And I guess it works. It works. We, we've given Rick Jones the, the Nega bands. We've given him the Omni Force. Might as well give him the Nova Force, too. Mm-hmm. So Yay. they f- he flies off into space. And then again, we get this great <laughs> last page. It's one of the funniest moments in a comic I think I've ever read. <laughs> I'm just like, are you okay, man? He's like, get off my property before I call the police. <laughs> <laughs> and this last page where there's sw- where Spidey's swinging away again. What yeah. buildings yeah. is he latching on to? Like, seriously, it's in this. It's it's up to the clouds now. Like there it's, are no buildings. He's yeah. swinging on hopes and prayers, baby. <laughs> hopes and prayers are next to him, and the. Webs are not attached to either Johnny Storm or Bobby Drake. It, it's, <laughs> it's like angels in the outfield were just basically carrying him as yeah. he's just swinging across, basically. You know what? Angels in the outfield, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Would be a perfect, perfect Ultimate Spider-Man. I was just thinking, I was like, oh, yeah. perfect He character. had the floppy hair in oh, every yeah. God. Yes, early 2000s, yeah. That's uh, incredible A great, great story and now we get to the rest of this so issue nine <laughs> oh my god uh, the of babe ultimate is comic back. spider-man the babe is back smack dab on the cover great cover great cover where she is looking at you and going hey eyes are up here and <laughs> we pick up in brooklyn 12 45 p.m uh david lafuente does the art for the rest of this story just a quick hell yeah. there and we get to catch up with our favorites the bombshells yeah. hell yeah so there's something very interesting here because uh the mom the last time we saw them was referring to her daughter as Lori. so and when you just... said that last episode it really threw me because i didn't even read it as Lori because i know her name is lana but she absolutely said Lori. but last she said Lori. yeah and, and I was like, oh, that's so Lana here. Yeah. I, Her name I is canonically Lana. It's Lana Bumgardner. <laughs> what a fucking name. <laughs> yeah. um, I love Lana. She's the but best. yeah, apparently maybe they were under witness protection and changed their names or whatever. I don't know. Um, maybe it's her middle name. But the, uh, the bombshells are back. They're doing their thing. They're, they're knocking over armored cars and trying to steal their money. When who shows up? It's the Spider Woman, baby. Hell yeah. Jessica Drew is back and doing what Peter cannot, taking on both of them by herself. And webbing out of her fingers. Webbing out of her fingers. Still the coolest and at the same time grossest thing. Yeah. Uh, when who shows up, it's your boy, Superboy. I mean, uh, Johnny Storm, <laughs> the human torch, shows up to help out uh, to defeat uh, the bombshells. And 
Jessica Drew, one of the most satisfying right hooks in all of comics. Oh, hell oh yeah. Hits Lori Lana directly in the face. And hits her so hard she goes cross-eyed, bro. Like it's <laughs> fucked up. Out. It's fucked hey, oh. She's like, all right, I'm gonna hit you so hard. Next time you're gonna come back as Lois. And... <laughs> That's a shirt. That's, That's a, a shirt. shirt. <laughs> and it's sure. just and it's just the cover of this issue. Like <laughs> I'm going to hit you so hard next time you'll come back as Lois. you come back as Lois. That's fucking uh, funny. So the adoring public comes and Johnny's just like, all right, cool. I'm ready for this. Spider-Woman has no interest. She swings away and Johnny gives chase because he wants that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, uh, he's, he is thirsty as hell for a man on fire. And he's following her. She's able to evade him for a moment. And then Johnny Storm shows up. Because he's not an idiot. I love that he's just like, I knew you were cute up there. Like, he's like, oh, hey, mommy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is a thirsty, flirty bitch. Yeah. And look at him. He's a cutie patootie. And he knows right? it. He he's knows so it. Cute. And he knows it. And Jessica knows it too. So the two of them have a quick little flirt. And uh, they are. It's It's weird for me. Until, like, I actually got a good look at it, at the two of them, like, face-to-face. It's a little weird. Especially with the context that we get in a bit, which we're going to get to in just a second. But uh, we see, we cut over to Midtown High, where our boy, Peter Parker, exhibiting that Parker luck, walking right under a ladder. Yep. And before he's able to uh, get to his next class, who does he run into? The girl from the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. Gwen Stacy lays a big smooch on him and then pushes him into the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, we're back to uh, back to old school Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. Yeah. But it was a trap. <laughs> As this whole volume was. Uh, Peter Parker is faced by lover's past, lover's present, and maybe lover's future. It's an ambush to cut his hair. They mention the thing that we all loved about last volume. That was what I was about to last week. Yeah. <laughs> I knew this was coming. The that was really head look. Yeah. Ugh. Makes me so mad. Um, <laughs> they point out that, like, and they pull the exact freight actually like the cover it's uh, the cover yeah volume yeah which up on their phone uh, basically <laughs> saying like your head's your head looks your round head spider-man and i'm like yes that's what works so perfectly but they don't agree and they look what they've done to my boy Look what they've done to my precious boy. Look what they do. Oh my god, Jacob. Look what they do. My boy. Did you say Gabagool? Say Gabagool. Gabagool. Whoever's doing casting for the Penguin show, if they're if they haven't canceled it yet, bring in Jacob Brown. Listen. I eat all this fish and I want to get rid of this uh, this Batman. I want to get him out. <laughs> this I want to rub down. Okay. 
Penguin should just be that, though, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. He should. That would be yeah. really funny. Yeah. If Colin Farrell just like returned all of the penguin into pretty much just being a uh, Marlon just Brando, Brando? yeah, that would be be also scumbag so Brando would have been a perfect penguin. Oh yeah. So Brando would have been a yes. perfect. That's yes, what I'm saying. Brando. That's yeah. what I said. Mm, Planet Krypton. Yes. <laughs> oh god damn it i hate that so much my son from Planet <laughs> I hate it he, he so would much. call him batman 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 get rid of this batman yeah. <laughs> batman yeah. are you talking about the sport batman <laughs> yes i rule over gotham city mm, yes um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, hey, uh, Lane. <laughs> as as I was saying, uh, certified movie star Jacob Brown should be brought in for that uh, HBO Max show. If they haven't Goddamn right. He's a movie star now, ladies and gentlemen. He's he's made the jump. He's made the jump from theater to film. I, flying what? colors. What? Flying colors. Uh, artificial. Check it out. If you can't, wherever <gasps> it's playing. Check it out. Yes. Jacob Brown. What? Um, wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah, the, the, he's just just find artificial. It's it's a it's a movie that's out there somewhere. Just artificial, just okay. Artificial, yeah. Okay, you, you'll see our boy Jacob Brown smack dab on the poster. Oh, Jacob, I'm so proud of you. That oh poster God. is thirty five percent. No, that that poster is probably I'd say closer to like three fifths uh, Jacob Brown's face. So easy to find. Yeah, that gorgeous, gorgeous mug. Hmm. Um, so. They are in the midst of giving Peter Parker the worst makeover of, a, of his life when all of a sudden Tandy comes in uh, looking like post-Civil War II Captain Marvel. And I don't ooh. like this Tandy. Wax she poetic sucks. on it, Malcolm. No, I just, I just mean that she, she sucks, man. She sucks. And they're trying to convince you that it's Dagger. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a real spoiler right now. It's not. <laughs> even though they clearly gave her like the dagger necklace and everything yeah yeah she's not dagger don't worry yeah tandy sucks really so, quick also i i with with this moment puts an idea in my head for later when we come back for we'll come back to this because all right sh- yeah then, then then keep that in mind i'm just just letting you know this moment that happens in in this this part uh kind of i have a question for later on like okay yeah back at the parker home aunt may for the first time in the entire series has the wrong take saying that she loves this new haircut on peter it's a good cut it's not a good cut it's a terrible cut (laughs) looks like the cut i got right before i got into high school and resulted in me not getting another haircut till junior year it's Um, a solid cut it's a bad cut Uh, it looks better when it's grown out but (laughs) <laughs> we also uh speaking of bad looks uh cultural appropriation bobby drake pops over to give his two cents about mm. all this you, you mean you mean he pops over to rap real quick yeah he says trying hey, to be yo. a regular max caster saying like yo let me hey. talk at you for a moment hey peter your hair looks fresh it looks fine it looks pussy as fuck bro like <laughs> peter's like who are you like, <laughs> Uh, Johnny Storm comes in. He's in love again. Wearing what I can only assume is is Human Torch merch. Yeah. Yes. They're not he even print- trying. He printed it himself. <laughs> That's he why. went on T Public. He yeah. ordered the shirt. Yeah. Fuck. 
I just, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> and then we get the conversation, right? Where Johnny Storm is telling Peter Parker, hey, my best friend, I'm in love with Spider-Woman with no context on who Spider-Woman is. And Peter thinks to himself, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is the moment where I was like, okay, this is a little weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. Though also, bisexual Johnny Storm. Ooh. I mean, Johnny Storm absolutely is bisexual. He has to be, that's, though. That has to be. Yeah. Johnny Storm is, dare I say, the Captain Kirk of the Marvel Universe. Absolutely, oh. he is. Where yeah. he is super pansexual. He will fuck whatever. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it looks like Peter Parker, he is going to have <laughs> oh, himself a piece. We know that he loves Peter, and it's it's whatever. Also, Jessica's yeah. her own person, so absolutely know. she is. I, I thought you were going to go like and, Captain Jack Harkness, like full there. Oh, just that like, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just, That's just going to bang in it. A young uh, John Barrowman. A young John, John, John Barrowman would have been a great Johnny Storm. Wow, like yeah. early to yeah, like. Even like even pre Doctor Who, yeah, yeah. he, he would be this Johnny Storm, Storm, where he really looks like a Chad. Ooh, 90s, yes. 90s John Barrowman, like would have been ooh, perfect. Would have been perfect for that. Yeah, that's sexy. Ooh, robbed. Why robbed? <laughs> and so okay? I need no. I'm glad that the camera is not showing anything below my waist right now. Jake, why? 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 Why did you turn your camera off? Why did you turn it off? I gotta do an OnlyFans real quick. Hold on. I gotta hey, what's that sound I hear in the back? <laughs> uh, remember, uh, subscribe to, I guess now is as good as time as any to feature our sponsor, uh, OnlyFans. Uh, check out Jacob Brown's OnlyFans. Use the code yeah. BrownTown27 uh, to get 27% off your first subscription to Jacob Brown's OnlyFans. Just remember, if you wear a Spidey mask, you're in. <laughs> I want to go to Brown Town. <laughs> <laughs> We just play Funky Town over and over, and we just redub it. Uh, <laughs> Brown just, Town, just, just you on camera, fully nude, reading out loud a Spider-Man costume with Funky Town playing in the background and strobe lights. Honestly, yes. I'm about it. I love that for you, and I want to support you. <laughs> That's Jacob Brown's only fans. That's go to Funky Town. Okay, I gotta go. Hot white. How do you know her exactly? I gotta go. What is going on? Get down. Oh man, try to be home by 10. No, 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 just flat tone the whole time. Just absolutely monotone. Yes. Um, Won't you take me to Brown Town? It's it's, it's just like Brown. (laughs) (laughs) It's a horrible, like, dubbed over. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Uh, Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Peter tries to head out into the city to clear his head. And he just absolutely waylays much of New York's crime population overnight. Is that Uh, the owl that he's finding in this montage? Because, or it's some vulture knockoff? Because it's unclear. It's me in a vulture costume. Shut up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. The color green of all the colors? For that suit, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a choice. I ah, the red and white was, was taken. <laughs> so then you've come around on the green webbing, then? 
Stop. Checkmate. Checkmate. You want to talk about maneuvering? You want to talk about playing 4D chess? I got him. I got him. On tape. Accepting the color green. I'm white trash and I'm in trouble. This has been months in the making, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh but I got him. This has been the whole year making. Oh and that's God. it. That's it. We don't need. That's the whole reason we've been doing this. We like we can end the, end the book club right here. Yeah. yeah. Right. So well, so you so you don't actually have a problem with the haircut. You were just trying to stoke my fires because you knew that I like the haircut. You don't so get to turn this on me. This isn't about me, my so friend. This is about you like, accepting the gospel of green. Right Get out of here. All right. So this montage is cool. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we cut to I, the next day. I want day. this as a poster, by the way. This this montage, like, art piece. It is a good poster. poster. With yeah. sad battle damage, Peter, in the background. Yeah. Or in, the, in the forefront. I yeah. Though I have, like, who blew out the back? God, fuck. Uh, oh, no, 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 I didn't say. Storm, some bitch. <laughs> We see it. We see the explosion on the bottom left of the page. God damn it! That's the explosion that blows the back of his costume off. (laughs) Okay, perfect. That was well phrased. A better way to phrase that. That was well phrased, actually. Uh, We cut to the next day, and um, we see that uh, whatever class they're in, it doesn't matter. I honestly thought this was like the drama teacher, uh, but just the way she was talking, like just yeah. I don't, just being very dramatic about what's going to happen after high school and everything like that. I was just, is this the drama teacher? And we're just in a classroom for temporarily because it's they don't about have, to like, become a, a drama class. <laughs> Hey-o. Hey-o. As uh, Principal Suntress comes in with two agents, and they're not here to pitch you like it's career day and the military showed up to say hey here's what you do after high school no they're here to collect one student the girl who walks through fire because they are here to abduct kitty pride more or less Mm -hmm. and it's not a good situation it's it's heartbreaking to that panel where you see the one tear from Kenny, she's like, I didn't do anything wrong. I love, I love the sequencing of all of this. Like you get that panel mm-hmm. and then it goes immediately into her point of view. Yeah. You're sitting in her seat and you see her arms and you see them there. And this Looming. kind of, warped, it's like a warped view through the tears. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's such a good idea. Yeah. And it's it's heartbreaking until Kitty Bride remembers who the fuck she is. And she says, you can't shoot me. Bullets phase right through me. You can't hurt me. So if I say no, what? You shoot and they hit the guy behind me. And immediately the student behind her is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know if that's Flash or not. But I hope that's so. the funniest fucking bitch. Punk ass. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Go away, I'm Eugene Thompson. <laughs> and like, this is, I did not expect this scene, but it is so incredibly good at ratcheting up the tension. Yeah. Um. Yeah, everybody is up in arms about this. Another agent comes from the back. They pull a gun and 
we see fucking Tandy, who absolutely called and was like, oh, yes. she's fucking using her powers this. Yes. I think that is exactly- kid. And we get the cliffhanger of Peter telling Kitty to run, which brings us to. So uh, here's here's what I thought. Um, I thought Tandy called the. That's what we were saying. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. No, I had to step out for a second and like came out. Um, yes, that is. That's what I was talking about. Is like. Yeah. Tandy yeah. feels like because you see thing. her fucking smirking over on the side there. Right. Panel. I was yeah. like. Oh my God! Did you just be and, and and her her finger is up almost on her lips, so it almost looks like she's like shushing, like yeah. thinking like yeah, yeah. like there's no way to see that is that's very good framing. That's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's why she's there. Yeah. So issue ten, um, we see as the agents are about to go in on Kitty Pride, fucking Kong becomes the hero of the story. And yeah. socks that fascist right on the jaw. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. They begin to take him down. Like smashes him and it's dope, dude. Everybody is like the the classroom has become a war zone. He, uh, he, he full on went full Ben Grimm brother. It's clobbering time. <laughs> <laughs> Cog goes, it's clobbering time. And he wallops him upside the head. Hell yeah. Um, and they're like they have Kong down. They're they're wrestling this high schooler down mm-hmm. and pulling a gun on him. Like mm-hmm. they have a gun pressed to his cheek. Yeah. Like guys, it's fucking stupid. Um, Kitty then like is like, look, look, give me a second. And she comes up to Kong and she says, Kenny thing is, you forget I used to be an X man. She grabs him and phases them through the floor. The dopest shit. That's been says, circles been... around guys like these since my bar mitzvah. And like, it's oh, like, it's so good. Sick. Fucking Johnny's like, go, kitty, go. Like, I just heard, <laughs> what? Look at the She's just leaving. It was so oh, cool. So dope. She is honestly my favorite X-Men now. Like in all of time now. Because of you're this. not wrong for feeling that way. It, it Jacob, really is. you should read Ultimate Comics X Men. Specifically, no, she's Ultimate the lead of that, right? <laughs> because she's the lead of that. Oh, really? Okay. I loved her as being the uh, the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and so like this is just I I need more Kitty Pride, honestly. After after Kitty. this after this stuff, the next time we really start seeing Kitty in a big way is Ultimate Comics X Men. Where she's the leader of the mutant revolution. Ooh. Yes. She becomes the face of the mutant revolution. Wow. Hell Which is really yes. fucking cool. That's like, really book is, cool. Like, pretty okay. Um, but it, the stuff for Kitty is awesome. Like it, it is so Kitty Pride as the leader of the mutant I revolution. Never knew that. That's so, so that's cool. Fucking tight, dude. That is and so cool. they fall into the sewer. Uh, Kitty and Kenny, who at this point, I have to reiterate, have broken up at some point in the ensuing six months yeah they're yeah. back together and they run off into the sunset hell like, figuratively yeah. like because no, they're still in the sewers but yeah i i love this i it bothers me that that i'm assuming pretty much means that she's gone from the book but well i mean we're about to see her again right now yeah true 
So we then cut to an emergency PTA meeting where Principal John Suntress is trying to wrangle all of these parents. And uh, he reveals that he resigned. That this wasn't the job that he signed up for. That, and he gives this great speech. And at the end, he says, you know, these children deserve better than what we're giving them. They deserve better than what we let happen in this world. And he walks off the stage. Um, I kind of, I feel bad for him, especially after yeah. we had that great scene with him and Aunt May last volume. Exactly. About them, you know, coming to terms with each other. Johnson just had a full character arc in this entire run. Yeah. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. That's the dream. I love it. That's that's fucking cool. <laughs> Bendis loves John, clearly. That's he sure awesome. does. And so everybody's like, okay, we need to figure out back at the Parker household, uh, our like our new Fantastic Four here are trying to figure out what to do <laughs> yeah. about the kitty situation. They're like, we need to go. We need to find Kitty. And so they head out and they go to Kitty's house, which is surrounded by uh all kinds of news outlets and then all of a sudden one of the trucks blows up and there we see the shroud who is just not having it with anybody that's right run run you little pieces of shit <laughs> it's so awesome <laughs> and bobby comes flying in and she breaks this man's face it's so cool just immediately puts him down. I think it confirms dead. what we talked about last volume that she's figured out how to level her powers. Yep. Yeah. Realizes, okay, I can go intangible. What if I go the opposite way and I just get dense? And so. So this, cool. Yeah. Never, never really thought of that for Kitty. Never great, thought of that. It's a great, great idea. Use of her powers and great way to give her a level up without doing the bullshit secondary mutation thing. Absolutely. Right. Because uh -huh. like everyone assumes her power is just phasing. Yeah. But no, her power is density manipulation. Yeah. That's it's, genius. Oh, so good. So, that so is good. one of the best written ideas. Mm -hmm. that's, that's so smart. And this is another like, you can tell that Bendis loves Kitty Pride. Oh, yeah. Like, big fan of Kitty Pride. And why wouldn't you be? And so at one point, there's this great moment where Peter's trying to, you know, appeal to her humanity and he's like they want to see you like they see magneto don't let them don't be what they want you to and she yells at him magneto was right and wallops him too Ugh, so sick. sending him into the house where kitty's mom is and she's just having a breakdown um we get this whole fight i keep saying we get this cool moment like this fight drives yeah, because yes. they cannot deal with her. It's an emotional breakup. Yeah, this is kind of Kitty breaking up with them as like friends and being like, "No, like you guys are fucked up. You didn't do shit to help me." Yeah. <laughs> that was really upsetting. Up. And it's like, it shows that division of I'm out. Yeah, it shows that division of a secret that a secret identity brings because Kitty Pride is who she is to everybody, right? But the mm -hmm. rest of them have secret identities now. Mm -hmm. And so at one point, uh, Iceman freezes her up and she phases through and headbutts him, breaking fucking his face cool. again. Again, <laughs> he doesn't learn. He's a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> we love that about our boy, Bobby. Poor Bobby. Uh, God damn it, Bobby. God, that's right. <laughs> 
He's like, she'll never have the kind of power before maybe she. <laughs> and then wham, just <laughs> absolutely wallops his face, breaks his face again. <laughs> and so Kitty's basically like, look, I'm getting out of here. And she basically calls uh, Bobby a race trader and then says, I'm gone. Like, this is it. She phases through the ground. Um, our boys get, you know, give chase, but they can't find her. And Johnny ends on this line where he says, come on, guys, leave her alone. That's what she said she wanted. And we get this haunting final page splash of Kitty just in the in the sewer alone. She's burned all of her bridges. I love that this page has La Fuente's signature down there at the bottom because this is this is one you fucking sell. Yes, yeah. this that, is this is poster quality. That is a gorgeous footnote for this story. Like that yes. is a great ending there. So good. And then we get the little uh, after credits where we see that this whole in class uh, situation, Mary Jane filmed it, uh-huh. and that's Fuck a big yeah. fucking deal. If if I may, Please. Mary Jane is the woman who is sitting right behind Chris Pine and Harry Styles. One hundred percent. Quick poll. Quick poll. Oh, did he spit on him or not? I Which think we have he now did. confirmed he did not. Ah, whatever. Have anyway. you have you did you hear the official thing with the sunglasses? No. So so. Oh Chris God. Pine's rep, we're going to take a second. Chris Pine's rep came out and said, okay, so Chris had been spacing out like all day, which if you look at any of the interview stuff, he was just not present. Like, My favorite day. part of right? any of those interviews is just him just zoning out. Like he is super fucking zoned out, right? Yeah. So so he's he was, while he was clapping at that point, like in the in the room, he was thinking about his sunglasses and was thinking about like where they were because he had been looking for them for a bit. He looks down, he stops clapping, he chuckles, because the sunglasses are sitting right between his legs. And he grabs the sunglasses and lifts them up. It, it, so that's all it was. Just poor timing. <laughs> it was right at the weirdest timing of Harry Styles just quickly jerking his head so it looks like he spit on him. Like, it's wild. Interesting. But Spitgate is done. Spitgate yeah. is over. It's a weird coincidence, you know, how, like, certain positions of, like, you see something on a camera and you think, like, oh, my God, what the... What? the hell just happened and it's just a, a weird coincidence. coincidence yeah i love that <laughs> so issue 11 we're back at the parker household um johnny is apparently uh reading through the second half of invincible right now because he's wearing uh mark grayson's second suit <laughs> oh my god he was like freaking chat because of course he did it's johnny storm yeah. And so everyone's kind of taking stock and Gwen is the only one who's really like, has anyone heard from Kitty? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? And it's, it's a contentious conversation because there really is no easy answer for it. No. And so um, this is around the time that Aunt May puts her foot down. She's like, no more powers. Like we need to try and be normal and the internet is a thing now, so I will know if you guys show up somewhere. I love that she says that. I love she's like, don't think I don't have the internet on my BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> on my sliding phone. <laughs> I know what's going on all the time, within reason. 
And then uh, Bobby then starts to lament about how he has no job experience. He's got to go get himself a job. And uh, Peter decides to give him a job at Burger Frog. I love the little uh, the little laminate tadpole. The training, the training, basically. The training tag. Really, it's pitch perfect. Honestly, pretty good idea. Pretty good idea for a franchise. Pretty good. Pretty good. I also love that he has flair. He has flair on too. He's yeah. got a lot of flair. That shows he's new. Yeah. Shows yeah. he's new. Uh, you can also see that the hat doesn't sit correctly on Peter's head anymore because it was made specifically for his floppy hair. I love that. <laughs> I love the execution of it. Do not love the pathos behind it. As a person and who so- has a lot of problems wearing headwear because <laughs> my hair is either real big or real small <laughs> i respect that a lot <laughs> fair enough um we see uh the fallout of mary basically like hey i filmed this i think we should release it and peter's like i know the way we should do this i know who we need to talk to and we come over to the dailybugle.com hell yeah baby brand moved- new daily bugle they have moved their entire operation to the internet, uh, which is hilarious considering where this series started with the internet and Peter being the uh, progenitor of that for them. Uh-huh. But then they walk up to the ultimate Chad daddy. He's back. This is, I mean, he's giving Keanu Reeves. And I was going to say, this is Keanu Reeves, Ben Urich. Yeah, yes. and it's hot as fuck. Dude. And Keanu Reeves <laughs> would have been a great ultimate Ben Yurik. He would be a great ultimate Ben Yurik, yeah. Right now. Yeah, yeah like make right him now. Ben he would crush it. Yeah. He would crush it. That'd be great. Woof. Oh my God. Look at him. And yeah. so he's, you know, he goes over the footage with them and he's like, okay, cool. Uh, how much do you want for it? And mary jade stands very firm like i'm not selling it and then he goes it'll pay for college and i'm like uh, where where mr yurik harvard obviously which i mean how much are you planning on paying for that specifically if it's gonna pay for college uh she turns him down and he's like good i was testing you so it has to be reported. We got to figure out, you know, we're going to do the, you know, do it like a Bugle exclusive and all this stuff. You're going to become part of the story. Meanwhile, Pete gets a uh, Spidey Sense tingle from Jonah Jameson as he's walking out. Which when Peter goes down to follow Jameson, uh, Jameson fucking zaps him and reveals that he's not, in fact, J. Jonah Jameson. He picks up the kid, throws him in the trunk, and reveals himself to be the chameleon. Fucking cool. So cool. And scary. (laughs) Real scary. And this is where the problems start for me. Uh, He throws Peter in the trunk, zaps him, turns into Peter, and then swaps out for him. And begins taking over Peter's life. I did not like this. I did not like this choice. I. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't like it, but not in like a narrative way. I don't like it in a way that it feels like we've done this already. Yes. Yes. It feels very much like the Wolverine and Spider-Man switch off of like of bodies. Like right the there, Friday my thing. guy. Yeah. It's the right there. There. And then and then mixed with the false the, Spider-Man. The false, false yeah. Spider-Man who yeah. blows up George Stacy. It just yes. doesn't yeah. for me. And we're we're gonna obviously get more in depth as we go on for these last three issues. Like I just I didn't vibe with it. I was like, yeah. we've done this already. In my opinion, we did this better with the George Stacy story. And mm-hmm. I never needed another Wolverine story like that. And we're getting a second one. And again, we don't know how old this guy is. Yeah. So yeah. like him sitting in the back of a cab, making out with Mary Jane, I'm like, th- you're going back to your worst impulses. Yeah. And no, I don't for sure. like it. Yeah. For sure. I, I 100% get that. I, I think narratively, I think that this story is told a little bit, I better is a hard way to put it because I, I, I because think it's, it's for me, it's just longer. Now. It's just an extra issue longer. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily think, make it better. Uh, then, then the, then the Wolverine one. Yeah, yes. For sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I compare it so much more to the other one, to the, to the, uh, to the, oh, the Spider-Man the bank Robbie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man bank Robbie one. Yeah, Especially yeah. cause that's exactly where this goes. Which is uh, fine, and, and that's absolutely. I, and fair. I think that this is executed better than that. I disagree. And with a little bit more impact than that, and I think that impact is something that'll be felt in the next volume more. Which I get. Understand I get that. What I mean by that, but I get that there was a specific story that he's trying to tell, and that this yeah. is the building blocks for that. But it just felt like we were re. It feels like we're retreading again. I, because I we've told- done the Spidey is hated by New York yeah. thing. We've done it for over, at this point, what? Like over 100 issues? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, I don't like, what is the reason that we're doing this again when you have a much more interesting story of Spider-Man trying to deal with the fact that people love him and trying to balance that? Because you could have done like any number of directions of stories yeah involving like okay now you're more in the public eye than ever so now you got to watch what you're doing on a grander scale and now it's yes. going to put more of a spotlight on you trying to keep your identity secret but yes. for me again it's just like this is more this, this is more a way to force him into a corner yeah this i feel like this but we've to do conflict you know? i i i i totally i totally know what you mean I, I know exactly what you mean. What it, again, it's unfortunately really just setting up for what comes next. Yeah. Which is something that we haven't seen yet. Uh, and it, this is all just to force not just him, but other characters into a corner of what to do with him. Got it. So um, it's, it's an unfortunate, like, you know, uh, not a necessity, but it's an unfortunate table setting that yeah. you have to do. But I, I I totally get it. I I still have a lot of fun with this story. I like the chameleons. Um, I think they're fucked I, up. I think yeah, having but... to and I'm just breezing through issue twelve because it's basically just him settling into uh, Peter's yeah. life and yeah, we can, with his we girlfriend, can which is breeze past ridiculous. That. We can breeze past um, this. Yeah, that's but again, like it's it's kind of gross. It's gross. Yeah, it's this, gross. This, 
this but whole, I like, I enjoy part. the I think the idea of it being of splitting the chameleon into two characters is genius. Yes. However, I th- I feel like we take all this time in issue 12 and also as we go into issue 13, which has a phenomenal cover. I will give you issue 13 has a great cover of yep. this new Spider-Man just brandishing a shotgun with money falling around him. Mm-hmm. Um, so funny because chameleon does end up finding out that he's spider-man and starts using his uh using his reputation to pull off crimes i love the idea of having two chameleons but i don't feel like they use the sister well enough yeah i see i actually i really like how they use the sister because i think she's the scarier one she's absolutely the scarier one but yes. that for she's, me it doesn't pay off gun. in that way it doesn't pay off in that way because we we spend all this time like you know it would have been fucking incredible is they do this whole thing setting up because they have the sister in the shadows for this whole time yeah being the chameleon blah 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 all this stuff and then you fucking reveal that she's a mutant and she's tandy like oh. how that would have paired around I feel like because they set her up like she's constantly in shadow, like it's a reveal of something. And then they just, oh, she's another chameleon. Yeah. So it, yeah. Feels, I, it feels like a waste to me. It wouldn't work for her to be Tandy, though, because then that would imply that she did have an idea of who Peter was. And the whole thing really? is like they don't know who Peter, like Peter just stumbled into this accidentally. Right. Of course. He completely just blundered into this. And it would have taken some rewriting for that. But yeah. I think that's a much more interesting story than what we got here with that character. But I, I grant you, she is for for the screen time she does get. She's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And we see that Peter, you know, issue thirteen wakes up, uh, paired up with Joan J. Jonah Jameson, who has also been kidnapped and is revealed that he was their main target until, again, like Malcolm said, Peter stumbled into it. Oh, yeah. But then Jonah recognizes and realizes who Peter is. I love that. So, so that's that double page spread is phenomenally done. That's yes. one of the things I really like about this is the Jonah and Peter story. Yeah. Yeah. It's them them being stuck in this situation and Jonah really having to figure out why. Like I love his point of like, no, like it makes sense why they would take me because I'm who I am. Yeah. Why would they take you? Why would they keep you alive? Like, what, what's the deal with you? There's nothing special about you. And then he starts to piece everything together. Like, that is good journalism. Yeah, That's a really good. good journalistic take on J. Jonah Jameson. I fucking love that. The and journalist we, in him, basically, is just, like, so pro. So yeah, over-pro. yeah, super pro. Yeah, He's so good. And so uh, we cut over to a bank robbery in progress, Captain Quaid. And the page turn is one of the best callbacks that's we get two really good callbacks immediately here him bursting through with the big time superhero coming through mm-hmm. looking like he jumped off of the screen of spider-man no way home in that final swing for yeah. tom holland spider-man yeah baby and uh then we get another great callback to earlier in this volume uh-huh. the double page spread of the montage of him kicking the shit out of cops and stealing money it's but this so one, is, yeah, this one is all cool colors. Like the other one was yeah. all warm colors. This one's all cool colors and ends with a triumphant looking Peter. Like great, great double billing there. That's mm-hmm. 
great contrast. That's good shit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so Peter is still locked up with Jonah. It, we find out that this is happening during that previous scene. And um, that's when we get the reveal of the second chameleon, um, which again, terrifying to look at. And watching the face change is disgusting. That's Cronenbergian as shit. It's yeah. fucked up. It's so cool. They're Clayface, basically. Yeah, that's exactly they're right. Clay, yeah, it's Clayface yeah. and Lady Clayface. Yeah. And then, what an interesting idea to divvy yeah. up Clayface into two characters like that in like yeah. sort of a Bonnie and Clyde kind of situation. Yes, yes, that is and, very cool. And they've toyed with that in the DC universe. There is a Lady Clayface who is like obsessed with the original Clayface. Yeah. And they've, but they've never told a story like this. Yeah. Which I will give kudos to. Um, at a certain point, though, uh, they decide Jameson's expendable. Peter's the main guy now for our plan. And Chameleon just shoots Jonah. Fucked in up. In the head. Like, what the fuck? And again, at this point, I'm like, I don't, I don't like this story. Because I what? thought, oh, this is how they off J. Jonah Jameson. But what I don't a- need this. But what a surprising way would that be? Like completely out of nowhere, apropos of nothing. Yeah. That's that's you a good kind of surprise. I don't think that's just like shock value surprise. I think that's a pretty like, wow, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> but again, like, that to me echoes back to the previous fake Spider-Man story where George Stacy's death was George out of Stacey nowhere. That's fair. So again, it feels like a retread. And at that at that point, I was like, I don't, I don't like this. I that this was really the point where I was like, I don't. I'm not vibing with this, though there is a really cool scene afterwards where the news coverage is talking about like how Spider-Man's going nuts. Hell yeah. And uh, Aunt May says, to me, my X-Men, with, yep. uh, with Bobby and Johnny and says, go get your brother. Fucking cool. How yeah. she's like, that's not Peter. Nope, we're locking this down. Gwen, you're staying here with me. Boys, go get him. Like, Johnny Storm <laughs> hits her with the Mark Grayson, yes, ma'am. So, so sick, dude. So sick. So sick. So but again, I'll be on, like, it took me days to read this last issue, like to actually like work up to wanting to read it. Cause I just, again, I did not like this volume. Yeah. I really did not like it after I totally get that halfway through this. I just, ah, but in this last part, we see that, and it was hinted at before that the reason that the chameleons able or chameleon a will say, uh, has been able to pull off all these crimes because he's using mutant growth hormone. MGH, baby. Yeah. Again, very much uh, bringing a real-world aspect to the comic books, much like you know, making everything the origin of the uh, Super Soldier Serum. Mm-hmm. But our boys show up to put this kid down, and I love that Johnny's just like, Okay, dude, it's him. Once he pulls the mask up, he's like, it's him. Yeah. And Bobby is like, maybe it's because I've dealt with a lot of shapeshifters. I love That's that. That's not him. I, don't <laughs> I give love a fuck. that so much. Like, I'm not doing this. And Especially so, for Bobby to be the one to say that, where Johnny and Peter have a way closer relationship than Bobby yes. and Peter. Like, <laughs> they're like, okay, you know, we're going to take you down. And he's like, and fake Peter says, okay, just. I'll give you your friend. You let me go. They're like, okay, show us. He's like, okay. And then he whips out these two guns 
echoing that old school like um bootleg spider-man movie where you see him just like with a gatling gun yep yes he just starts firing bullets does nothing absolutely nothing and i love seeing the bullets either melt once they hit johnny or completely freeze in place once they get close to bobby it's like they are out for blood here and so unfortunately uh, with the mutant growth hormone, Chameleon does have this shock power. He's able to, he's electrokinetic. So he's able to zap Johnny and get away. Very Meanwhile. Interesting power. Like, interesting yeah. that he has that power. It was very kind of new and kind of neat. Like yeah, a taser yeah. effect, basically. Meanwhile, uh, Chameleon B is interrogating uh, Peter wants him to tell them about all of the uh, about all the secrets that he has and if he doesn't they're going to start hurting his family and then they hear a crash and Chameleon A runs in he's like we got to go and go 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 kill him get out of here yeah it's like Peter realizes this is his shot so he breaks out of his bindings wallops Chameleon A until unfortunately he's zapped again and then all of a sudden they start everybody starts seeing their breaths they're like oh shit zooms out the entire room is covered in ice such a cool reveal yeah Mm -hmm. get it cool reveal i'll be here all week um comedian b tries to run then gets like pulled through the ice Chameleon. That's when we get her name, which I love that her name is Camellia Chameleon. <laughs> Camellia Camellia. Finally, we did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> she does come and go out. right now. That's yeah. true. She does come and go. And just like Boy Johnny, Johnny bursts out of the ice, <laughs> goes after Chameleon A, and we're pushing I'm past it. I'm here all week. We're pushing past it. Um, And we see, just like with Kitty, an application of Johnny's powers that we don't often see. And he says, you know, you know what, freak? I don't know what you are and I don't know who you are, but I bet that you're kind of, you're the kind of someone that has a lot of trouble when someone burns all the oxygen out of the air. So So cool. It's really cool. Bobby comes up with Chameleon B or Camellia, completely encased in ice. And it's revealed that Jonah's still alive. So Johnny <sighs> takes Jonah to the hospital. And Peter says, I know exactly where we need to take them. And it shows that they are locked up in the Triskelion. So now they have to deal with ultra super mega cop, Carol Danvers. Top cop. Top, top cop. cop. Top cop in every single dimension. The top cop. I don't- I don't like this because this is just setting up the actual real super spy kind of idea for the for the chameleons here. Yeah, it's what it kind of feels like. Uh, A little bit, huh? Yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. They finally get Peter back to the house, but things are not great. Um, During the time that chameleon was masquerading as Peter. He sowed distrust with him and Gwen by making out with Mary Jane, burning bridges left and right. Um, And so he immediately, once he gets inside, he goes straight up to his room. 
And we end on J. Jonah Jameson in his hospital bed, barely conscious, as he says, Parker. And that's the end of this volume. So we end up in a really interesting place. Uh, gentlemen, final thoughts on this volume, and did you have a favorite part? I'm going to go to Malcolm first. Um, again, I, I like this volume. Uh, it's just kind of bug nuts and crazy. It feels very bug nuts and crazy like Ultimate Spider-Man usually does. Fair. Um, I... Again, it's it's all just really setting up what comes next. Um, it, like like I said, this is putting Peter in a very specific framework for what is coming next for the next big thing. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to judge this on its own, I guess, um, because it, it is just setting the table for the next big story. Uh, it's 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 interesting. Um, favorite part favorite part uh i mean listen i got some spider woman you know i love me some spider woman and i love the kitty stuff i think the kitty stuff is really great uh so i might say that oh yeah jacob uh guys and listeners uh i wanted to bring something out from this yes the two I, genders guys yes. and listeners <laughs> i meant i meant you i meant you both i know it sounded weird but uh, I mentioned both and, and everyone listening. Uh, the, this volume reminded me of something because you mentioned the you mentioned the the Gwen Stacy fallout that we we read and with the, the doppelganger Spider Man and like we've seen this before. I throughout reading this was trying to remember why I've seen this and it wasn't from what we read. Um, Brian Michael Bendis was in charge of the Spider-Man, the new adventure, the new animated series back in 2003 uh, with uh, Neil Patrick Harris, the CGI yeah. MTV show. Yep. Um, the two episodes that ended that series was a two-parter called Mind Games. And it dealt with twins who had mind powers and were manipulating uh, Spider-Man and taking over his mind and making him ruining his life in the same sense. This mirrors that those two episodes. Interesting. Uh, so I I realize that and huh. uh, feel like yes that I I feel like this volume, whenever it came out, was like two thousand what like way after the fact two thousand eight. Yeah, this nine, this was two thousand ten nine or ten. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this was Michael Bendis trying to make up for that story that ended that series because that I remember watching that and just hating those two episodes. I hated those two episodes because it ended in the same way of like Spider-Man ruining his relationships with everyone because he was mind controlled for most of it. Um, him throwing his suit out into the ocean. He it, it's, it's all the tr classic tropes and stuff, but it felt a little more, but it felt flattened because, um, because it wasn't an actual villain. Like it wasn't a well-known villain. It was just these two yeah. uh, made up characters. And um, real quick, it, it was Jer Jeremy Piven and uh, uh, Kathy Griffin who were these uh, characters. Jesus. And I kind of heard those voices when I was reading the Camille. What a <laughs> wild choice. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, so it was really weird. But um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. If you if you kids know what I'm talking about, check out that show. But uh, but this this felt like him trying to redeem himself through this and using that kind of 
template to set this volume. Um, that was how I felt about this. I, I agree that this felt a little old hat and a little like we've seen this before. Um, the only difference was it was a actual, it was actually the chameleon. I, I like just how we thought like these previous times thinking the doppelganger Spider-Man was possibly chameleon, here it actually it is. Um, I don't really have an opinion just to point that out because that's how I felt about this whole volume. And my favorite part was pretty much everything that had to deal with Kitty. Um, Cause that whole situation and that, um, that whole escalade in, in the classroom is such a mirroring of what's going on in this world right now. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that it's been 12 years since this came out that we're still having these problems in school. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's surprisingly uh, relevant for today. Yeah. But um, yeah, guys, I just even going through it again, because we've had episodes where one of us or two of us did not like something and going through it, we realized that we liked it. Yeah, this is not one of those times. <laughs> um, I did not like this volume. Uh, it was a tough read for me again. Like I, I already laid out a lot of the problems that I had with it. Um, and I respect that this was in service of getting Peter to a place for a future story. But apparently they, you know, the Spider-Man property would be known for this because just four years later, uh, they did an entire film setting up Peter for another story later on called The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And it didn't work well there. And for me, it didn't work well here. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's I, tough. I didn't, I just, it felt again, like a retread taking the worst bits of past stories and kind of smashing them together. Oh, yeah. uh, the chameleon is Spider-Man's first like cool villain, like with a, a power set. And yeah. he deserved, that character deserved better than this for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say uh, stuff that I loved uh, the Miyazawa art for the first two-parter was phenomenal. Ooh, Absolutely wow. loved it. Beautiful. And then just like Jacob said, everything with that Kitty Pride issue was chef's kiss. Uh, yeah, that's all I want to say about it. I've, I've been negative enough on this volume, but uh, now that we are done with the uh, read-through, we've got a couple emails to answer, which means, uh, Malcolm, what time is it? <laughs> Silly boy. It's mail time. Ooh, that was spooky. Yeah, just in time for the, the season. Yeah. <laughs> I went for an anime villain. That was good. That was that good. Was I like that a lot. Thank you. Um, if you want to be part of the Geeksplain Book Club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com and put book club, book club mailbag or ultimate mailbag in the subject header. We will read them on the show. Yeah. Our first email comes from Brylixson. Uh, sending in an email what a to Bri us. Uh, Bri writes, Hello, fellow geeks. Thank you for doing the Days of Thunder special. I think it's one of my favorite specials from your catalog. Thank you very much. Cheers, man. Um, he writes, so humor me for a minute or, or second. I love the Trinity. Those triage of characters are what got me into comics through their animated adaptations and games, especially games. So let me pitch these concepts, and I would love to know your thoughts. Okay, pitch me. So first off, Superman. And this is a wild idea that I think could be really cool. It says, I think he fits so beautifully in a JRPG. 
Imagine having Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen as part of your party or finally having Steel in a game. How about the new gods of New Genesis's enemies or allies? I envision the tone of Yakuza like a dragon in this with all the sincerity and heartwarming aspects you'd expect from a Yakuza game. I love the Yakuza series, so you are speaking my language. But the coolest thing I think about it is now I want a Yakuza-style game of just Jimmy, Lois, and basically just Jimmy and Lois around Metropolis getting into hijinks. Yes. That sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. And then you can like collect party members like Lombard, like Bibbo. That would uh, be sick. And in certain. They're being investigated for reporters and like camera guy and reporter yeah. and everything like that. And I that love is the idea a of thick idea. Can we and please? I, and I have... kind of love the idea of it being, I don't know why, but like turn based combat. So like you you yeah. get to and you have like Jimmy and Lois and your third party member and I don't know. I really uh, like that idea. Wait, wait, you cool. also gotta put in the fact that uh you gotta put in the fact that Jimmy can like disguise himself so he can, he has to yes. keep dressing up like a woman that's a special all, ability. all yeah, of the different disguises he has yes, yes yeah that's his special yeah. ability that and then having it. clark be someone who gives you information yes like, like an he's, info dumper yes yeah, yeah. he's the one That'd who be, gives you quests yeah. yeah he's the one in the chair yeah he's <laughs> like awesome. hey i heard something yeah. Fuck, and then every so mean, often really? there's a mission yes. where like he's at the jimmy jimmy gets a he gets a one one time use item for a mission where he can call in Superman with a signal watch. Yes. That's a good idea. That'd be a fun game. That's a great that game. only the three of us would play. Yes. Only the three of us and Bry, I think. And Bry. Bry would play. Bry, that's a great idea for Bri. a game. Superman JRPG it. sounds pretty sick. sick. Uh, really cool. so for Wonder Woman, this one's cool too. He writes, it's a little shocking to me that a Wonder Woman game in lieu of Metal Gear Solid hasn't been pitched. The absurdity in politics and all. Like, imagine having a deep stealth section as Diana Prince, or having a boss fight with a conservative senator who's lobbying against reproductive rights. Also, make it queer as hell. Imagine Etta Candy and Steve Trevor as your flirty Otacon, respectively, and have Veronica Kale as your revolver ocelot. Also, I would love to include the Wonder Woman of China from that underrated new Superman by Jean Moon Yang, because I think she's great. Fuck Lots yeah. of great points in there. Yeah. First off, first off, new Superman yeah. by Jean Lun Yang. Fuck yeah! Incredible Fuck comic. Fuck yeah! Um, I love this idea. I think that's kind of awesome. Political intrigue of of Wonder Woman isn't spotlighted enough. No, and it would let's, be super cool to see that. Let's hope that the whatever the new Wonder Woman game that's going to come out that actually has does something of that. That would be really yeah, cool. Some elements of this. This would be great. That would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a good idea. Hell yeah. Great idea again. And then this one I think is interesting as well. Uh, So for Batman, he writes, it's pretty simple, really. An Ace Attorney-esque game. Like the absurdity of the (laughs) investigations, interactions between Gordon, the Bat family, and his rogues gallery. It would really harken the tones of Batman, the Brave and the Bold. A Gordon game where you team up with a pre-Two-Face Harvey Dent to look for clues do crimes don't do crimes solve crimes um <laughs> this is just Scotham central the game basically to, uh, give that to yes. me yeah give me like that. ace that attorney would, smashed we, together with la noir yeah that would be sweet give me the art series hell. but completely everybody else no batman you don't be batman you're just gordon and going through all these like 
all these crimes and just trying to do your detective work that the tick the, the, yeah. the, like the the the, the detective recently you thing. still have a detective mode but yeah you have a detective mode but it's you actually solving and using your mind yeah, yeah you but, but, but for gordon it's just it. it's it's espresso yeah, espresso, 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 and, and he can all of yeah. a sudden see sound. <laughs> I was thinking his pipe like reveals the yeah, smoke, the just like billows, and it shows like all the imprints. Ooh. And, and like, yeah. that's a dope. Is <laughs> no idea. seriously yeah. though. That he takes the awesome. puff and he goes, and it like reveals stuff. That's fucking cool. For a limited time, that would be dope as hell. So cool. So cool. I am Montoya, Harvey Bullock are your backups and stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah. And give them each uh, their their own levels. Like yes. do a whole tribute to a bullet for Bullock. You get to like, play. Yes, agree. Oh, you get to be Bullock. You can still have a superhero element in there, but instead of it being Batman, you have Renee be the question. Yes. Fuck. Yes. Oh, that but would you be don't, dope. But you don't know that Renee is the question, so the question just shows up every now and then and acts as the Batman. That would be yeah. dope. And then, and then you're, you're, you're trying to build towards solving cool. this grand mystery and it ends up, oh shit, it's Detective Comics Black Mirror. The big villain is James Gordon Is Jr. James Gordon oh, Jr. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, that's so good game idea. That's sick. That would be so cool. Oh, we just figured it out. There you go. Uh, Bry, incredible ideas all around. Bry, go get a job at like uh, uh shit, a good game studio. Silicon Valley. Monolith, <laughs> Sucker like, Punch, do, yeah, do all, of, all of the good stuff. Go, I think go you've got some happen. solid ideas. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Thanks also, for writing it. That was awesome. Also, as we're uh, talking about this again, Malcolm mentioned we are um, we are a day before D23 as we're recording this, where they are doing a big Marvel Games uh, showcase as well. So we might uh -huh. get some uh, stuff on that. I'm expecting some Spider-Man 2 footage, which the some hot goss 2. on the internet is that it looks incredible. I don't doubt it, because if it looks anything like Spider-Man Miles Morales, we're going to be in good hands, because that oh, game is gorgeous. Come on, Green Goblin! Green Goblin! And then I need to see some stuff for Wolverine. I need oh, to see God. some stuff. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, our second email comes from Michael Cox. Mike writing in. What a Mike. Um, Mike Cox. Actually, this one is very wrestling focused, so I think I'm going to save this for the for the podcast for Wednesday. Okay. Fair enough, because I don't know enough. <laughs> and I don't want this to, to be just me talking. So, Mike, <laughs> I'm going to save your uh, your email for this coming Wednesday, part two Except, of uh, Saturday who, morning, who is, September. Who is... um? Uh, I want to say her name was Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill, that's the one. The dress is She-Hulk. Yeah, she's hot as fuck. And also, Dude, she does she all did... kinds of Marvel cosplay for her gear. Has she done uh, cool. uh, 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 Joanna Cargill? Fre yet? Frenzy? No. Frenzy. And it's fuck. really fuck. It's disappointing because she, it's... I've been saying that for at she least would be a perfect. Year. She, she like I saw that picture. I was like, oh my god, her name Check is Cargill out. and she looks like Frenzy. Like... Right. She did an excellent storm wrestling gear oh, earlier cool. this year yeah, check that out. wonderful stuff but oh, yeah. our our next email comes from our bro good brother adam stringfellow what about adam adam right he writes hey team uh he writes hope y'all had a nice labor day weekend and hope y'all are having a good week so far thank you to all three of you for your recommendations on how to combat my depression in last week's episode yeah. i definitely have to look into little miss sunshine among the rest of your recommendations that really meant a lot to me so thank you all for caring for my mental health 
Welcome. Uh, first off, before we get to the rest of this, absolutely. Mental health is so important. Um, and again, we want to thank you for being brave enough to share that with us. Really yeah. appreciate that. So you and, got you, babe. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. It's important to discuss. Uh, he writes, for this week, in celebration of the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series, I wanted to ask the three of y'all this. What is each of your favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series? For mine, I would have to say Beware the Grey Ghost. Not only is it a celebration of Adam West's time as Batman, but it also shows that Batman, who can seem so above it all and is so out of reach to us from time to time, depending on the writer, is just as much of a fan of his childhood hero as the rest of us. It shows us that Batman is one of us when it comes to loving comic book characters. Would love to hear y'all's favorite episode for this amazing series. All the best and much more, Adam. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who aren't aware, Batman the Animated Series this past Monday turned 30, uh, which is really exciting. And I'm doing a whole series for this month. Every Wednesday, I'm tackling a different season of the series. Uh, it's amazing. It's fun. Nice. And it's it gave me the excuse to rewatch the series again, which is Yay. really, really fun. Um, Jacob, and what is your favorite? season is the best. What's up? I said, and you'll realize what season is secretly the best that people don't respect enough. Uh, the second season. Nope. And <laughs> nope. uh, Jacob, what is your favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series? Uh, uh, I, I'm going to pick a different episode because of the fact that um, it, uh, one of my favorites is what he mentioned. Is uh, I was going to say, because you always talk about Beware the Great yeah. Ghost. I love Beware the Great Ghost. It's, uh, it really is a beautiful like, episode. Yeah, exactly. I can always hear that. Hell yeah. I hear it so clearly. It's so cool. Uh, um, I wanted, I, you know, what is actually one of my favorite episodes because it's just like how underrated the, the, the villain is. I'm going to cheat a little bit. It's, 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 um, baby doll and nice. love is a croc. Those, Great those, two, picks. those two episodes are one of my favorite, are two of my favorite episodes because of the fact of like, it introduces this originally well done character yeah. and then putting it up with a character that you don't expect this Bonnie and Clyde kind of scenario between the two of them. These two episodes are, are beautiful together. I, I love them so much because of, I love the Shirley Templeness and the, the tragedy yeah. of the, of this, of this, of the, uh, of this poor girl who is yeah. honestly in her thirties and forties. And she still looks like she's 12. It's, it's so sad and so heartening it's so heartbreaking. And then uh, when she relives her life of crime, she finds this kinship with Killer Croc in the fact that outwardly he looks like, you know, with the skin condition, he looks like a crocodile and like how much she relates and how she kind of like falls in love with him at first sight. It's like love at first sight. And it's just, I, God, I just love how the dynamic between the two of them are and how they work and how Batman tries to figure out with Batgirl um, uh, working with, uh, with them about like, who, what, uh, how they're doing their dealings and stuff like that. It's just, I really love those. I really love Baby Doll. Great Baby Doll's picks. a great, favorite great original picks. character. Malcolm? Um, my favorite, so I just found out actually that it's been, I hate how they rebrand the seasons of yes. Batman animated series. I, gotcha. uh, I was literally just talking about this with my partner last night because we watched an episode of The Batman. Nice. Uh, we watched what was originally season three, episode one, Batgirl Begins, part Batgirl one. Begins. But it's now rebranded as season two, part one, 
which is fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, so this one, my favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series is rebranded as season three, episode 11, but it was season four, episode 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, Over the Edge. Yeah. Over the Edge, great pick. Over the Edge oh. is one of the best half hours of television I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Incredible. Okay. Absolutely. Agreed. I do not want to say anything about, uh, and listen, listener, if you haven't seen that episode, oh. whatever you do, do not look at the description of it on HBO Max because the description gives away the whole thing. Yeah, that was something I noticed. It sucks. Which is stupid. (laughs) I remember I remember waking up and just like being I I couldn't talk throughout the entire that episode. episode. The twists and turns it has is incredible. It is the most tense half hour of a cartoon that you'll ever see. Yeah, it Uh, is very much so. It is uh, just wrecking. It just wrecks you. Uh, it's wonderful. So, so good. Great, uh, great pick. Yeah, that's that's my favorite episode. Easily. I think that's the best that the Batman animated series gets. Like, that. that's it. Hell yeah. Um, I always talk about it. Uh, Robin's Reckoning is my go-to. It's my that's favorite. My second. It's the first. It's the first episode I ever watched. It introduced me to the series. It introduced me to Batman. It introduced me to Dick Grayson. Um, a good brother of ours, uh, Kanan, actually sent me the old school VHS. Oh hell last yeah! Year. He found yeah. it in a like in a thrift Dude, store. That's so awesome. That's I get to have cool. that. Um, I love that episode of death, but I talk about it in depth this upcoming wednesday so i'll i'll give you my second pick which is uh old wounds old wounds i knew it that's my third that was that was very close i love phenomenal and it's another dick grayson focused episode specifically telling the story of why he quit being robin and became nightwing um yeah it's it's about it's about loyalty. It's about legacy. It's about change. Um, it's incredible. It was absolutely my favorite episode of that last uh, new Batman Adventures run of the show. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Just absolutely incredible. So um, those are our picks. And also because it is, of course, Adam's emails. So we got a PS. Quick, I just yes. wanted, sorry, I just completely remembered. You just reminded me I, I that old wounds i still love my favorite my favorite joker moment is in that when they bust through the ceiling of the window uh, ceiling and they come in and and, and joker just a nice entrance either you like either you've never heard of a door or you're just like picking glass out of your shorts <laughs> <laughs> there's also the moment he has in that episode where he's like hey do i hit your kids <laughs> oh, wait. i guess i do, I guess like, I do. <laughs> yeah. uh, mark campbell's a treasure treasure in that oh so good <laughs> uh so adam's ps he writes for abdullah's question about the best and worst versions of batman i want to throw my own in there as he's my favorite superhero my two favorite versions batman from the dcau specifically from jail and jlu and batman beyond much like abdullah i think that the batman from jlu is the dcau's version of batman in his final form not only is he an amazing hero but most importantly a good man so much so that from when i was 12 this version of batman inspired me into a lifelong pursuit of studying criminal justice this version of batman inspired me to either be a detective or social worker in the near future second favorite batman beyond if bruce wayne is the hero i aspire to be terry mcginnis is probably the the batman that i imagine myself to be bonus points if he's black 
And he writes, Hell. least favorite versions of Batman, Grant Morrison's Bat God and Frank Miller's Batman. I've read all of Grant Ooh. Morrison's Batman run, and while I like their ideas, their version of Batman seems too unrelatable and distant to me. Almost alien and inhuman in a way, if that makes sense. Just not really my cup of tea. And Frank Miller, because of five words, all-star Batman and Robin. Yeah! Sad. <laughs> <laughs> crushed uh, it as always can i come in with a really hot take a go really it. hot take go for it i kind of like all-star batman i'm gonna throw hands with you malcolm the Here's... next time i see you malcolm i am going to grow my hair out to the peter parker floppy length and i'm gonna throw hands with you you gonna say it's clobbered time it's clobbered. <laughs> just wallop you at the side of the could I add the cherry on top of that, Malcolm? Uh, the only Frank Miller Batman comic that, that I own is All Star Batman and Robin. No, you don't. All Star Batman and Robin is and kind of a banger. It's not a banger. It's a terrible comic. Batman of it. Batman of it is fucking awful, but everything else is awesome. It's Adam, I'm so sorry for this. It's only a banger if you have that extra issue that isn't included with the trade back that one that started the second part of. Is that it the of the Joker one? It's just yeah, it's just a one issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, issue I, I don't need any more of that unit. <laughs> yeah, five I, issues uh, is five too many. Joker with the dragon tattoo on his. Can back. I can I tell you <laughs> that might be the preferred Joker. <laughs> Yay! I'm so happy. The Joker's like, I love you in my own special little way. Like, that's a fucked up dude. Really <laughs> fucked up. That's the that's a level of fucked up that the Joker has yet to be. That's a the, better Joker story. The yeah. only cool thing that happens in that is the Batman and Robin it. deciding to fight Hal Jordan and painting an entire room, Their including room? themselves, yeah. yellow. And yeah. then yeah. the only yeah. cool thing. Hell only yeah. serving lemonade. That's the only Hell cool thing in that because it's Silver Hell Age ridiculousness. It's yeah. so good. The rest it's of it so is good. so try hard. Anyway, Adam, <laughs> I'm so, so sorry fun. for that. And However, that's the most I've liked Jim Lee's art. I think ever. Same. What? I think that's the most I've ever liked his art. That's that's crazy to me. His art looks really good. You don't yeah. like like super super uh, super no. Irish black canary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy. He didn't write Batman. the book. <laughs> I know. He I didn't know. make her the Irish Black Canary. I know. Look, Frank Miller didn't. That's kind of funny. <laughs> so, Adam, as you could see, we are uh, we are on the verge of a civil war of ourselves. So we're gonna wrap that up there. Uh, thank you, thank you, Adam and Bry for writing in. Uh, again, if you want to be part of our Geeksplain Book Club mailbag, write your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com, put mailbag in the subject header, and we will read it here. But that wraps up this week. Gentlemen, next week, we are taking a little bit of a detour. We are not straight up continuing the adventure into Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 3. We are taking a detour into Doomsday. Whoa. With the 12-issue, three-part Ultimate Comics Doomsday Trilogy. This is going to be a collection of Ultimate Comics Enemy, Ultimate Comics Mystery, and Ultimate Comics Doom. Three, four-issue um, stories that take place at this same time. Uh, Malcolm recommended it. We talked about it a little bit last week. And after a discussion, we are going to go here because we loved Jessica Drew so much in this book. We want to continue reading more about her. And she is featured heavily yes. in this story. So I'm very excited to dive into this again. Ultimate and Comics Rick Jones. And Rick Jones. We're going to find out where he went. 
Uh, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Rafa Sandoval. So tune in for that next Friday. And the synopsis goes like this. Who is the face of true evil in the ultimate universe? What is the biggest secret the world doesn't know? Join the gathered heroes as they embark on an adventure unlike anything seen in Marvel Comics. And that's a promise. It's true. So that is Ultimate Comics Doomsday Trilogy. That's Ultimate Comics Enemy 1 through 4, Ultimate Comics Mystery 1 through 4, and Ultimate Comics Doom 1 through 4. Uh, be there or be square, not a circle. Mike. <laughs> Just because I'm not reading your email here doesn't mean I forget. um so yeah tune in for that but for now for the geek explained book club i have been eric azana i am malcolm russell nelson and i am jacob brown thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time and happy star trek day go watch deep space nine because it's the best star trek live long and prosper it's clobbering time wow
I need a reworked meme of the I'm in danger, but it's Bucky on the rocket. This is <laughs> I'm in danger on the on the rocket as it's flying. That's so funny. And so correct. 